Usually, we don't do all that we could do. You know, that's why teams need coaches, because coaches push uh, players a little bit further than they would push themselves. Uh, but in the end result, they become better if they yield to that uh, conditioning. And so we found that out, which is good. And we also put some of that in 2010's goals because 2009 showed us also that uh, when we work together with a goal, oh, it's marvelous. Some of you were here when, as a church, we did uh, the purpose, purpose-driven life, uh, 40 Days of Purpose. Some of you were in the church when we did that. Everybody had a book, you know, we went through it. It was great. It was great. We had, uh, we had uh, just about every single person involved in that. And it becomes exciting when there's a group dynamic, um, when there's uh, togetherness and unity. So in 2010, uh, we put some goals out there. And I want you to take it out of your bulletin. Everyone should have a bulletin. Um, and, and it's in a, a color like this. I don't know what color you call this. You know. well, what color is this? Blue? Okay. Because I'm used to blue being like EC Glass blue, you know? Royal blue, you know? So, and this doesn't look like EC Glass blue. No, it doesn't look like Carolina blue because I like Carolina too and basketball. And so, uh, I have to specify that basketball, not football. They don't do good. But, uh, what's teal? Is this not it, right? Okay. More turquoise? Okay. All right. Take this out, you know, and look at it. <laughs> this is a, these are the 2010 goals. Uh, and we're going to do something a little bit different in our 2010 goals. We're going we're gonna to try to emphasize things through the, through the, uh, uh, you know, in the congregation, of course, um, like we did. But I cut down on some of the goals. You know, we could have many goals, but we want to cut down on some of them because... We want you to feel like you can add your goals and still not be overwhelmed by, by just goals because everyone has goals themselves uh, in the new year. These goals is going to help us to become more spiritual than we were last year. And, of course, in 2009, the goals were to help us become more spiritual in 2009 and 2008. So our goal is to be more and more like Jesus. Is that correct? More and more like Jesus. That's what, that's what we want to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So if you look at it, uh, we have the, we have, we ask you to know and to do the epistle of James. Now when I say to know, that means that you're going to have to, in order to know it, you're going to have to review it a lot. And to do it is important because James says just a hearer of the word and not a doer, we deceive ourselves. Is that correct? So we don't want to uh, leave out doing. That's, a, that's a very important, doing the word. I brought in, which I felt was very important, uh, the, one of the goals from 2009, uh, which back then it was to uh, increase our intimacy before Jesus Christ. Well, what I wanted to do this year is just make it more, a little bit more specific. It's just that we want a constant, a constant devotional life before God. Now, we've been doing this now for probably 20 years or more. This is what I've been emphasizing this uh, with any group that I would have. And I started with a home group. Uh, when I started with a youth group, then I went to a home group and things like that. Uh, that is very important because I, I, believe that, I believe that everything that you do, everything that you say 
rise and fall on your connection to Jesus Christ. Yeah. If you're not connected very well, then I don't believe that you're going to act very well or you're going to speak very well. So we put that. And we said that, that uh, the seven priorities which we had you to memorize last year would be just a guide to what should I do during my devotion. And that's what a lot of people ask them. What should I do during my devotional time? And I don't care where you start as far as time is concerned. It's not about time. It's about relationship. Would you agree? And so I want you to develop a relationship with a person. And you know in the natural that the more time you spend with a person, it either increases your relationship with that person or you find out you don't want to be around that person. You know, either one or two. And so we know that Jesus Christ, you know, you're going to want to be around him. So therefore, the more you're with him, the more you're going to love him. You know, the more you're going to want to be with him. So it's just one of those things that as we reach towards him, he reaches Towards us too, more so than we do to him. He's going to meet us. So this is just a guide. So all of you who memorize the seven priorities, and we're not going to ask you who memorized, uh, you know, the seven priorities or who memorized 12 scriptures. You know before God what you've done. Uh, we're not going to stop those things. We're going to keep going. And the third one, we said we're going to be better stewards of God's possessions. And that's a sort of one we had last year. Uh, so we're going to continue with that one. Let's start telling you why, because that's the most important thing, is not only to give you goals, but to explain why do we have these as goals. And it took me a while to seek God and find out what is it that God would want rather than what I would want, and what, how does he want it, and all those type of things. So we want to start in James, and you say, well, we spent six months on James. Why do we want to uh, have that as a goal? Because James tells us about everything, really, that will help you become more spiritual. Honestly, if everyone in the church universal, I mean everywhere, all over the nations, if they would concentrate on James, memorize James, you know, know James inside and out. Do James. Oh, what a marvelous, marvelous army we will be. I'm serious, you know. The enemy will not have a chance. He won't have a chance. Because it covers some of everything, which you know. And what we're going to do is that we're going to take this year and we're going to go through James as a review. It's not going to be what we're going to teach because in all probability, I'm still seeking God. I want to teach on Acts, the book of Acts. But the book of Romans, oh my goodness, it puts it wrong. Oh, this is so good too. Um, and so, but I, 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 want to, I want to do Acts. And unless God, you know, change it between now and then, we're going to start on Acts uh, the first Sunday in, 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 in February. And I, I like Acts. Woo, Acts is so good. It's acts is like the acts of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you get fired up when you talk about acts. I'm telling you, you know. And it helps us to be more of doers and one of our witnesses also. So, but we'll review James. We'll take a few minutes to review James each Sunday. Now, what I want you to do now, we're going to bite out 
bite off of, you know, just small pieces of this thing. We're not going to review all of James every Sunday. We're just going to review the first chapter of James every Sunday in January. We started last Sunday, didn't we? We're going to do it this Sunday, next Sunday, the following Sunday. Then in February, we're going to go to the second chapter. Okay? March, we're going to the what? Third. April the 4th and the 5th. Then we're going to start over. So in 10 months, we're going to review James twice. And the other two months, we want to then be able to say the whole thing in a synopsis, just a little bit of, you know, in the first chapter, this, 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 second chapter, this, 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 you know, and we're going to go on with that. Okay? Now, that's what we want to do. Say, I want you to do it rather than me to do it, okay? Now, you say, well, you have all day to do this. No, I do not have all day to do this, you know? I have to, in memorizing scripture, I had to find time to memorize scripture. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, it's just not in my daily routine to memorize 12 new scriptures, you know? But I had to do that, so I had to find time to do it. And uh, one of the persons that told me that they did how they found time, and they had never really uh, been consistent and constant with the reading of Scripture, but they became constant this year, uh, which was last year. And it was great. Okay, So I don't have all day to be doing this. I really don't, uh, because I'm not going to be teaching from James. I'm going to be teaching from hopefully the book of Acts. And I have other things I have to do. You know, like uh, I think Friday we were, uh, we were called over to the, the church site because they wanted to uh, show us the stage. Uh, he said, I had to build a stage a little bit higher than what you specified because we wanted to get the baptistry in there. Well, in the plan, the baptistry was not in there. But we put one in there. Because I think it's important for us to have our own baptistry and not have to go over to the Salvation Army to get somebody baptized or come back over to the Seventh-day Adventist to have somebody baptized. We need our own baptistry. If you plan on getting somebody saved, you better have somebody somewhere to get them wet, right? Okay. <laughs> so that's what we wanted to do. And so uh, you look at the stage, you say, whoa, that's a little bit higher than it was over on Old Forest Road, you know? It was pretty high then. He said, now, if I bring these steps down here, this is what's going to happen. So I had to spend time doing that, figuring out, well, okay, what we're going to do. We had to spend time, and, and uh, I thank God for the people in the congregation who help out, spend time, you know, what we're going to do about this dance floor, you know, because we, what are we going to have on it? So we, we had one of the members check on, on, on that to find out what we needed to do with uh, the dance floor because you can't dance on cement, you know. That's not too good for your shins and things like that and your joints. Uh, but we don't have the finances to have a real dance floor. So what are we going to do? So we had to do that. And then we had to do the, uh, the sign. We met the sign man over there. Okay, the sign. What are we going to put, what are we gonna put on, the, on the building? What are we going to put this? Is it going to be electronic? Is it going to be digital? Is it going to be analog? What is it going to be? You know, is it just going to be a piece of wood like we had over on Park Avenue, you know, and shine a light on the wood, you know? What, <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> you know? All these things come, and, and everything costs money. And everything that, that, that we're talking about, these are extra things that's not in the budget. 
well, my goodness gracious. So now I have to start believing God for all these things. I'm trying to tell you, I do not have all day long to just memorize James. That's how I said all day to say that. You know, I don't. I'm just like you. I have a job to do, which is to be in the Word and to administrate and to uh, uh, get what God has for you, but then also do the well, priorities what God has had me to do as well as the goals and objectives. Now, I said last week, I wanted this section to memorize what? To really know what's in James, you know, this section to know, da 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 da. You know, and, and I know you, you thought I was kidding. I know you figured that, well, he's not going to do this because time going to run out. Hey, we had an extra song today, and so therefore, oh, he's not going to get to that, you know. I'm going to get to it, you know. I'm going to get to it. Now, what I don't do for our guest, and those who are, you know, just coming, I don't embarrass anybody, you know. And the body knows that. I don't embarrass anybody. Uh, I, could, I could do that in a time, but that's not healthy, uh, embarrassing people. Because I don't want to be embarrassed. Do you want to be embarrassed? See, the scripture says that. It says, therefore, as you have others treat you, treat them the same way. So I don't want to be embarrassed. So either I will call somebody beforehand and ask them, hey, be prepared. Or I will ask for volunteers. Okay? Now, how many of you took seriously what I said? Okay, good. Excellent. Okay. Uh, anybody who wants to volunteer, I want you to uh, meet me over here, up here, and we're gonna, you're going to tell me what you know about the first chapter of James, just the first chapter. One, the one, the second. Okay. You here. That's why you're sitting in the front today, huh? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. The first chapter of James is about... Now, this is Joy Bundolf, and her husband is... Downstairs with the Rangers, okay? <laughs> All right, he doesn't know you out here, does he? You know? no, okay. I just volunteered to serve the man. Okay, spiritual, spiritual, right? Yes. Okay, right, I like that. Okay, okay go The first on. chapter of James is about having joy in trials and persecution. Mm-hmm. Good, excellent. I took a whole bunch of chapters and just gave them each a nutshell. Okay. That way I can remember the nutshell part and expound on that. On every chapter. And I memorized part of the first chapter of James, but I know that standing in front of all y'all, I'm not going to remember it. <laughs> okay. All right. I won't ask you to then, okay? Good. Anybody else? That's good. It's about trials. Anybody else? Did I see your hand go up? Was it like auctions? You know, you, you wiggle finger. <laughs> I, I figure. <laughs> wiggle finger, boy. It, it's so, you know. <laughs> she took what I was going to say. Oh, my goodness. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Um, to be a doer and not just a hearer, and that's something that I've, I've struggled with a lot, and um, I want to be more committed this year to be a doer and not just a hearer. Excellent. Good. Well, praise God. Anybody else? That's good. That's good. Okay, come on up. Um, I capsulized it with a... Um, heading that I thought would help me remember specific verses. So all things come through God's hand so that we um, therefore can um, consider it joy when we encounter various trials um, because every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above and therefore helps us to be doers of the word, not hearers only. Wow, go ahead on, Deb. That's good. That's good. Okay. She took a lot of what I was. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot I, in James now. Come yeah, on, <laughs> I got trials with endurance, 
can reduce its perfect result. Faith, uh, not doubting God's word, mm-hmm. works. It works out with his faithful. He's faithful. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Anyone else? I don't I want to give you an opportunity. Come on up. Yeah, both of y'all come on up. Yeah. Yeah, both of y'all come on up. Uh, Lena and Matt. Yeah. Um, I definitely got, you know, persevere through trials, but also I, I really like the verse on um, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So. Good. All right. Good. Good. And this is, this is uh, Leonard. Uh, Leonard Barber. Okay. In uh, chapter, in chapter 1, verse 2, where it tells us to count it all joy or uh, consider it all joy, in my studies I found out that that was a mathematic term. It's an economic term means to evaluate your situation and assess it and compare it to what it could be. It could be a lot worse. So in that, rejoice. Not that the problem or the situation is something to make you smile and laugh, but compared to what it could be, we should still rejoice because God is good. Oh, praise God. Praise God. And, and anyone else before we close it down? Okay. Good. verse follows uh, what Mr. Smith said, because the anger of man does not fulfill the righteousness of God. Wow. Go ahead on. You all got this thing down. Anybody else? Okay. Okay, Joe. Good. Let me, I'm going to come, I'm going to come around that that, that way, Joe. I want you to climb over it. Okay. Yes, I know from my own personal life, uh, temptations and those types of things are something to keep in mind that that is something that is within us, that the potential for good and for bad is within us, and that Satan tempts us in our own uh, human weaknesses and desires, tempts us. It's, and so when we're going through things and we have these temptations with things that are sometimes constantly nagging us, that we need to not get mad with God about it, but continue to persevere and press and trust him. And remember, we have an enemy of, which is our flesh, and also Satan, but it's not God. Praise God, Joe. That's great. That is great. Y'all are really, really good, I tell you. Now, this is what I like for it to be, you know, the congregation. Everyone come with a song, with a hymn, with a spiritual song, you know, with a word. Anybody else? Before I close down. Anybody else? No one leaving anybody out. This is really study. Okay, Brian. Yeah, well, I had, you know, you had said something about what, or whatever last week somebody uh like these little capsulizations of the chapters and mm-hmm. the the verse that stood out to me um was that i think it's at 117 you know that was already mentioned about every good and every perfect gift comes down from above from the father of lights in whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning and i just felt like I, that's what i noticed and what i memorized but i thinking i was almost thinking well I, but that I don't know. That's not really fitting in with what was said to be the capsulization or the summary of the chapter. I was almost like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm just picking that one in rebellion or something. But <laughs> now, what, from what Debbie said before, she seemed to show, I and mean, I understood better how it ties in with the rest of it because you know where it's talking about count it all joy. This is why, because every all these things are gifts, even though they don't seem like gifts sometimes. But whatever happens to us is from the Father, and uh, that's 
that's like part of the key to it, you know. Mm -hmm. But I didn't see really see it, how it fit in like that before. Excellent, excellent. Isn't that great? Right. Uh, Ed Pavel. Uh, I was asking for volunteers, but Ed, where's Ed? Is Ed, come on up, yeah. Um, Ed, um, I'm still doing what I said. I'm, I'm not embarrassing Ed. I already talked to Ed last week because he had a verse in, in there. I think it's verse 12, uh, chapter 1, verse 12, and that you, God was, you know, kind of illuminating to you. You know, I said, wow, you know, would you share that with the congregation Ed? So he said he would. You know? Yeah, I wanted to share that with the pastor. I love this guy. Whenever I find something good, I want to share it with him. But um, verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And I thought, you know what? We talk about love languages. Mm -hmm. You talked mm -hmm. about love languages to us. And that's one of God's love languages, is that we can show God how we love him. Mm -hmm. And by persevering under trials, he allows in our lives. And says, mm -hmm. I love wow. you, God. And he yeah. looks at that and says, he loved me. Right. Praise <laughs> so God. Right. Praise God. That's good. That is good. Isn't it great when the body, you know, teaches? You know, it's, it's very good because uh, then we're really being scripture and we're also showing that uh, people are in the word of God, you know, and people want to improve on their spirituality. They really do. And we have just given people opportunity. Uh, next Sudden, of course, we're going to do the similar thing. We're on chapter one. And I'd like other people to volunteer, uh, to come up and, and, and you say, well, we're going to be saying the same thing. Good. Good. You know? As I read the Bible, it says some of the same thing. You know? Over and over and over again. We must need it, huh? So that it helps us get it in us. Also, you start memorizing scripture, like Brian said, you start memorizing scripture. See, I didn't, I didn't have a goal for memorization this year, because you're going to automatically memorize when you are knowing James. You're going to memorize automatically. Okay. The second goal. Now, do we understand now why we have uh, James as a goal this year, and why we're going to review it, okay? We won't take as long every time, but we will um, review it some. The second goal was to have a constant devotional life. And I say constant because um, consistent I don't like to use in that way because I can be consistent doing something once a month. And that's consistent. I want to be constant doing something. And I want to do it every single day. Constant, constant, constant. And that's what I want you to do during your devotional life. I really don't care if you start with five minutes. Really. It really doesn't matter. Uh, for those who don't have a devotional life at all yet, you know, you say, well, you know, uh, I haven't been successful. I try to get people that realize that you don't start off in any type of program, exercise or conditioning program, doing what the coach does or doing what the, uh, the four-year starter is doing. You do what you can do, but you start there and you progress. 
So I said, if you want to do five minutes, that's fine. You just start people at five minutes. If they tell me one minute, then in one minute. No, no, I don't care. You know, as long as you're doing it every single day. Okay? Now, we know that you're not going to get 25 hours in your day to do your devotions. And God's not going to give it to you just because, well, they, they want to be spiritual, so I give them an extra hour. No. We're going to get the same number of hours that the laws have. Is that correct? 24 hours in a day. That's it. So how are we going to get it in in our busy day if we don't already have that as a consistent goal? Well, I like to call it planned neglect. Planned neglect is actually when you plan to neglect something. Obviously, if your day is full and you don't have any other time, you never do it unless you plan to neglect something that you are, pre- are doing now. You see? So what can you neglect? Can you, can you carve out some minutes during the day when it's optimal time for you to, to do it? I used to get people to do it in the morning time because I believe morning time is the best time. But I realized that everyone is not a morning person, okay? Which is okay. It's okay. I don't care when you do it. Just do it. That's all. That's all I care about. Do it. Five minutes. And in that five minutes, what can you do? I, pro- I usually start people off in Proverbs. If you have five minutes, all of them not connected. You don't have to read a whole chapter to get the um, context of what he's talking about. Sometimes it's, it's two verses. Yeah. Proverbs. Just read a couple of Proverbs. So. And thank God some. Just thank God. Just thank God that you got up that morning. Thank God that you have a job. Thanks to God that you're going to get a job. Thank God that, you know, uh, they let other people go. They didn't let you go. Thank God that, you know, uh, we do have air on this planet. Thank God, you know. Thank God that, you know, we have gravity on this planet. Do we? Yes. Do we all be floating? You know what I'm saying? So we, we, we have, we have all these, we can thank God for a lot of different things. We can thank God for our parents. We can thank God for our, our children, if we have children, we can thank God for our future mate. We can thank God for anything. We have to get used to thanking God when you're not asked to thank God in the church. Okay? What else can you do? Pray. Pray. Do you have something to pray about? Absolutely. We all have something to pray about. Okay? Um, meditation. Do you have something to meditate on? Absolutely. Those two verses, you can meditate on those two verses. And if you uh, kind of say, well, you know, these two verses, they don't give me what I need to meditate on, meditate on James, you know. Because as you meditate on James, you're going to start memorizing James. So these are things that you can guide you. And I say what you do, I want you to increase. I want you to do five minutes every month for one month. Now, after one month, the next month, add five minutes. So now you're doing 10 minutes every month, the second month. Now, the next month, the third month, add five minutes. In 12 months, you will be up to what? 60 minutes, right? Is that correct? Five times 12, 60? We, we still okay with math? Okay, we, we'll be there. You say, well, that's, that's too long. What am I going to do in 60 minutes? Oh, by the time it gets to, the, to 60 minutes, you have plenty to do 
before God because you'll say, my goodness gracious, I couldn't even get in all the prayer I needed to get into. I couldn't even get in all the scripture memorization. I couldn't get out all the, the reading I wanted to do. I'm tired of just reading two verses. I want to read, you know, this whole chapter here. And it takes a little time. Then you start reading the chapter. You say, hey, what does this word mean? So now you start thinking, man, I need to start getting some study aids so I can study what that word means, you see. Because like uh, Leonard said, well, how do we consider all joy? So he has a man to start thinking, saying, well, I wonder what that means. So he had to look it up. And in the computer age, you have a program. You can get it right on your computer, can't you? You don't have to be like me to have, have three bookshelves to, to put them on because it's a computer age. I just don't like the computer. You know? So therefore, you, know, you, can, you can do these things. That's what I want you to do for 2010, constantly. Hey, do you realize that, that you're not going to be able to teach your children to do that if you don't do it? Do you realize that? Do you realize that, men, that you're not going to be able to lead your wives to do it if you don't do it? Do you realize that you're not going to have that connection with God that you want if you don't do that? You see, I believe that we're on in a uh, similar to a a river that's flowing downstream, and when you get in that river, you're gonna automatically float downstream unless you have a paddle and you paddle your way against the current. And so, I believe that Christianity is like that. That the world is like a river. When we get in it, and we're in it. We're going to be consumed by it. We're going to be conformed by it if we don't paddle against it. And you have to have uh, paddles to do that. And the Word of God, they're great paddles. You know? they'll, they'll keep us away from floating downstream just like everybody else and you know, conforming to everybody else. Let's find out a little bit about our devotional time. A little bit more scripturally. Let's look at Joshua chapter 9. Chapter 1 verse 9. In, in Joshua, uh, even though I talked to you about how, how important it is, I want to go through a few scriptures with you. In, jap- in, in chapter 1, if we start in 1, this is when here is the man of God. Before God, after God's servant Moses died. So we're talking about Joshua. What greater way to pick up what does God want out of me as a leader of my household? What does God want with me as a leader of my child? What does God want me if I'm a leader of, uh, of an organization, of a uh, co- cooperation? You know, uh, corporation, what does God want of me if I'm leading? Here, God tells us exactly what he's looking for. Exactly. Because whatever he tells Joshua, if we do that, oh, we're going to be right in step with God. Right in step. And so, what he tells him, we'll start in um, verse 5. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I've been with Moses, I will be with you. I will never fail you or forsake you. Great memory verse, isn't it? 
And he's telling Joshua, look, no one's going to be able to stand against you. I got your back. I got your front. I got your side. I'm with you. Don't worry about a thing. Okay? Joshua said, okay. I see that you're with, with Moses. Uh, with, you know, they wanted to kill Moses. They wanted to do a lot of different things. They couldn't do that. So I, I believe you, God. What else do you want me to do? You're with me, but is there anything I'm to do? He said, yes. Verse 6. Be strong and courageous. <laughs> For you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. As parents, do you realize that we have to be strong and very courageous? If we're going to lead our children into the promises of God, we're going to have to be strong and very courageous because they're not going to automatically just get there. You're going to have to pave the way. You have to be strong and very courageous because a lot of times what you tell them to do, they don't, they can't connect it. They say, why do I have to do this? I don't want to do this, you know. And when they're small, then you're big and they have to do it because they fear, you know, you pouncing on them. Right? But when they get larger than you, <laughs> there's no more fear of you pouncing on them. You know? So therefore, why are they going to follow you now? It's going to have to be because they respect you. They know that you are a man or woman of God. They know that what you say, God backs up. You see? So they want to do what you ask them to do. It says, only be strong and very courageous. He says that in verse 7, be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the left or to the, to the right so that you may have success wherever you go. Now, isn't that the same thing that he tells us in the New Testament? That the word of God is supposed to be in our mouth. His nearest is even in our mouth. We're supposed to uh, be doers of the word, not just hearers only. He's telling us the same thing. In verse 8 it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Now, suppose I take this book, I put it on my shelf, and it gathers dust. I don't meditate on it day and night. Am I going to be able to what he says so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written therein? For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. Well, what will happen if I don't do this, God? Uh, you know, you're a good God. You know, won't you just, uh, you know, miraculously just put the word in me, you know, while I'm in bed, you know? You know, would you, you know? All I'm doing is just watching a little TV, you know. Uh, so can you just put the word in me? Right? No, God says you're going to meditate on the day and night. So why do we have a, as a goal, James? Because we want you to do what? Meditate on it day and night. That's why you have the Bible. Because God may have you in different books, but still you'll have James because we're going we're gonna to review James. You see? We're going to be in the book of Acts probably, so therefore you'll be meditating on, on, on the book of Acts. And plus, he may give you another book that he wants you for your household. That's okay. It's word. It's nothing wrong with word, is it? The word of God is truth. You can't get enough of it. You know? Like a potato chip. You can't eat one. You know? You can't eat one. Now, let's look at Ephesians. Now, that should be enough that we say, oh, my goodness gracious. 
I'm going to meditate on his word. I'm going to have a devotional life because there's no way that I'm going to be caught in this thing not having success. Because after all, if God has given us the formula for success, which is, hey, be connected to me. Just do what I ask you to do. Walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we'll tell you as you go. You know, It's going to be in the book, but I'm going to tell you as you go. Then we need to do that. No need to be complaining because we don't have success, is it? No, they'd be complaining because, oh, things are so bad in the world today. Things are not what it should be, you know. Oh, you know, Jesus is coming back soon. Well, they said that in the New Testament too, and he is coming back soon. But what is soon? You know? You better prepare, prepare that he might not come back during your time. You see? Ephesians chapter 6. I tell you, the Bible, he just... The Bible, the Holy Spirit just keeps repeating, repeating, repeating. Children, we don't want to go there. Verse 10, finally, <laughs> finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his strength. Isn't that what he just told Joshua, to be strong and very courageous? Why is he telling us again? I got it when I read Joshua. Don't be telling me the same thing over there. I'm not dumb. No, God knows how we are. So he knows that we need to hear it and hear it and rehear it and rehear it. And Paul said, I, I keep reminding you, I reminded you three years, day and night, with, with tears. Because I knew when I left, ravenous wolves were going to come in, you know, try to destroy the flock. So Paul did the same thing. Jesus did the same thing. When you read Matthew account, you read Luke account, you read John's account, you read Mark account. It's just similar things. Put on the full arm of God. So that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Well, putting on the whole arm of God, we got a picture of a Roman soldier. And they have, you know, armor on. And so now, this armor, if you boil it right down to it, it's just truth. It's the gospel truth. The good news about Jesus Christ. And all that he said for us. You know, who he is and what he said he's going to do. Now, why do we need to get in this word to have the truth on? Because that's what I want to do to gird my lawns with truth. Why, why do I want this truth on? Verse 12, for we struggle not against flesh and blood. So we don't want to be looking at each other in your household and arguing against each other. It's not about each other. It's about the principalities that are affecting each other. You, you hear what I'm saying? But against the rulers... These rules are princes, chiefs, among the demons. This is serious stuff here. You know. We can't see it, but it's there. He gives us word pictures. It's there. If you look these words up. And against powers. These are people, these are, these are spirits that have authority in the darkness, in the dark world. Against the world forces. We're talking about the world rulers <laughs> of the dark, dark age. Against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. And these forces of wickedness, they are malicious. I mean, they, 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 they want, they want, they want you to murder each other. They want you to do bad things to each other. And you see it sometime in the news. You see that people doing bad things to each other. These are wicked spirits are causing this to happen. You see? And he's saying that you church, 
I want you to put on your whole armor that you can stand against these wicked forces because they are there and they're going to try to influence you, but they're not going to influence you if you have on that whole armor because you're going to be attacking and you're going to have protection and you're going to do warfare. Let's look at Timothy, 2 Timothy, chapter 3. Why do we need to have a consistent, a constant, a every single day connection with God? Why do we need to do that? And you say, oh, I, I connect God on, on the run, you know. <laughs> Try connecting to your mate on the run, you know, and see how long your marriage is going to last. See whether there are going to be any children, you know. You know, get married and connect with her on the run. No, it's not going to happen. You better have some quiet time with your, your mate. Now all the women say, yeah. If we start in verse 10, he tells us, now you followed my teaching, my conduct, my purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, my perseverance, my persecutions and sufferings. Such has happened to me in Antioch, and I call him, and at Lystra, and persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Jesus Christ will suffer persecutions. So why do we get upset when trials come? Persecutions come. If he already tell you, if you want to live godly in Christ, it's going to come because the enemy doesn't like you. The enemy, you are a threat to the enemy. If you're not undergoing well, you're going to undergo uh, stuff anyway. If you live in this world, you're going to undergo stuff anyway. Am I correct? The lost undergo stuff anyway, don't they? Everybody going to undergo stuff. So if you're going to undergo stuff, you might as well undergo it more than a conqueror. You know? You might as well. With God on our side. It says that, verse 13, But evil men, men and impostors, will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And from childhood, you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you wisdom and lead you to salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. Parents, are we doing that? Do we have our children having a devotional time, those of the children who can, and those who can't, are you having a devotional time with them? Are you getting the word in them so that from a young person up, they are known the sacred writings, they've known the word of God, which is able to give them wisdom and there's no need to say, well, you know, my child didn't have much wisdom. Well, did you give them wisdom? Did you put the word in them? You know, which is able to save their souls. This is what it says next. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching. For what else? What else? Now that's important, isn't it? All scripture. It's going to do that with us. If we get in the scripture, 
we're going to get some instruction. We're going to get some reproof. We're going to get some correction. And we're going, we're going, we're going to uh, get encouraged also. We are. And, and he does that so that we will be perfect and complete one another. We'll be really uh, men and women of God that really know how to move and flow in the spiritual world. You know, that's what we'll be. Because it says so here, it tells us that so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. And God has preordained us for that. Good works, not bad works. So we wanted to go through two of the goals just to explain why. That's the James and why we're reviewing James every, every, every week and why we want you to have a constant devotional life. And then what we want to do is go to next week, the, the third one, which is how are we going to be a good steward? Let's evaluate what God is calling a good steward here of our, of our time. You see, because if I said I don't have time to be connect with you, God, then something's wrong with my stewardship of God's time. You know, my spiritual gifts. Am I a good steward of my spiritual gifts? Am I active, involved in the body of Christ, the local body of Christ, where he's placed me? Am I active or am I just warming the bench, you see? Am I just holding up a seat, you see? Am I really doing what, I want to, what I'm supposed to do? If I tie my arm behind my back, oh, that's good. I still have an arm, but guess what? It's no use for me behind my back. I need, I need another something to help this other arm, right? So you have to be active and involved in the local church. And if you're not, then are we good stewards of what he's given us to do? Spiritual gifts. Money. Are we good stewards of our, the finances, his finances? Are we good stewards of it? Are we good stewards of those who he put across in your life that you're to reach that I can't reach, somebody else can't reach, only you can reach them? Are you good stewards of those? Because he's placed people across your path through the, through the years and now and in the future. He's going to place people across your path that only you're going to be able to reach. He's ordained that you to reach them. Are you going to do that? Are you going to be busy not paying attention and say, well, I don't want to do that, you know? I'm shy, you know? No, we want to be bold as a lion, don't we? You're saying. So we want to go through that. And then the fourth Sunday, what we want to do is paint the direction of where we're going. We have changed our vision. Okay? Well, when I say change it, we haven't changed it. We have changed it, but we haven't changed it. Meaning that it's the same, but we just put it in another package. Okay? More simplified. We're going to explain to you how we can simplify this church so that you don't have to be uh, uh, asked to do so many, many, many different things and you can't even do the things that you're supposed to do at home. How can we do that? How can we simplify this thing? So we're going to talk about that. Okay? And that's where we're going. Then in February, if the Lord is willing... We are going to start in Acts, okay? And come ready next week to somebody to step forward. Do I have any volunteers? Somebody, hey, give me, give me a chance to get up here, man. Say something, you know? Now, sometimes people think that I don't want to be boastful. I know a lot, so I don't want to be boastful, you know? No, uh, you'll be in Scripture, 
if you you should come to church with a word, with a song, right? You should, you should come with a prophetic word. You should come something. You should, you should, if you're in the word, something God gonna share something that you need to share with the body. That's what should happen. You see? You know, oh, nobody gonna listen to me. Nobody gonna they gonna they don't like me anyway. It's not about liking you. You know, it shouldn't be about you anyway. It should be about Him and what He's given you. So don't be afraid to do that because this is a body where we believe in walking the word out, discipleship. So that's what we're going to do. Okay? Let's stand. There's anyone here today who's not giving your life to Jesus Christ. Today is the day of salvation, and we want to give you an opportunity to do that. The prayer team will come forward, please. We want to give you an opportunity to do that. We have people that will lead you in, in a sinner's prayer, welcome you into the kingdom. If you have any ailments, sicknesses, or whatever it may be, uh, and need prayer, your mama, James says, pray for one another. Confess your faults to one another that you may be healed. If you're wondering, you know, I, yeah, I don't, I, you know, I don't know what God has for me, you know. Would you pray for me? Well, we have uh, two men over here that, that um, they're on a prophetic team, and, and they want to pray with you. And if God gives them something for you, they'll speak it forth. If they don't get anything, you know. Then they won't, they won't tell you anything. Yeah. Well, God always want to speak encouragement to His people, doesn't He? God is ready for 2010 to be a year that you break through the barriers, that you overcome the obstacles, that the strongholds will be demolished, that the enemy will be put to to a flight in your life. This is a year. So this year, we want to yield more to him than before. Can you say amen to that?